Welcome to Unsilent with your hosts, Dave and Brian. This is not another current events podcast. We're digging deeper, diagnosing, and discussing what's really going on today, how we got here, and providing observations for future generations. Welcome to Unsilent. We're Brian and Dave. We're hoping you'll let us know where you think we got it right and where we've totally missed the point which you can do by visiting us at unsilentpodcast.com. So let's get into it. What would you like to talk about today, Brian? Well, I don't think we could properly explain to folks living in another time after ours what this moment is like if we didn't talk about cancel culture. Ah, yes. I would imagine as Kenny G grew up, or Kenny G's children, again, we're talking to somebody, uh, for those of you new, uh, we're talking to somebody who's probably middle-aged around the year 2090, 2080, 2090, somewhere in there. Um, I would imagine cancel culture would be a term or a phrase cited in history books. I, I th- it feels I like it's that big of a deal to help explain the moment and that kind of thing. Um, so why don't you just start off, Dave, like, what, for you, what is it? And yeah. how is it different than what we knew before this? Well, sure. Um, so cancel culture really, I think, is the idea that if you think thoughts or say things or take positions that are not within the uh, accepted, what, what used to be called politically correct, uh, uh, but accepted norms of at least a certain portion of a society, then you shouldn't be allowed to say those things. Also, you shouldn't be allowed to even, you know, be in public conversation at all. It goes so far as to if you say the wrong thing, you shouldn't have a job. You shouldn't be able to uh, bank at certain institutions. You just should yeah. be excluded from from all of society. That's that's how bad it is. And yeah. that that level of of uh, reaction, negative reaction to uh, committing what I might call thought crimes, uh, yeah. is is new. Uh, it, it used to be the the idea that uh, I disagree with what you say, but I'll defend to the death your right to say it. But that's not where we're at anymore. Yeah, yeah. That that um, it, it's astonishing to me how the pendulum has swung on that. I, yeah, I, you know, again, when I was in my even early thirties, probably um, there was, you know, there's, there's always been things that were just completely like taboo. You didn't talk about, you sure. Know, you wouldn't joke about rape and you wouldn't, you know, that kind of, okay. Um, and I think we all kind of had a handle on that. Yeah. Uh, but, but like political stances, like <laughs> tax codes and, <laughs> and things that, you know, there was just, there was just no, I, I just don't remember ever having any kind of, um, experience or memory of vitriolic hate, just people just hate, really despising each other for having the wrong opinions about stuff. Right. I just don't recall that. And, and, and now to fast forward to, you know, starting certainly in 2020, 2016, for sure. Um, getting messages from people, private messages telling me that people support things I've said publicly, but there's no way they could say it. That when that first started happening, that really, really shocked me. And I don't feel like I'm I'm any kind of, you know, I don't I don't think I talk any more than a lot of folks. I mean, I I guess I, I certainly talk more than some, but I don't feel like I was 
an opinion, a professional opinion giver. Right, right, right. Exactly. <laughs> I do things every few months. I mean, but if for people to reach out like quietly, but and say things like, I could never say this publicly, like, right. It just blew me away. Yeah. I've had the same thing. I've had, you know, I'm, I'm not shy about what I say on Facebook, for instance. And I've had people uh, that I'm on the phone with that I have no idea whatsoever that they're, that they've paid attention to anything. And they'll tell me sometimes in a whisper, even if it's a private phone conversation that, Hey Dave, I like what you say on Facebook. Well, maybe you could press the like button. No, I couldn't do that. Somebody might, somebody might see that I, I liked what you said and, and, uh, you know, I'd be afraid for my business, you know. I mean, people will, will self segment in terms of who they'll do business with, but not only that, people have always, I think, you know, done business to a certain extent with people that they like. That's kind of human nature, yeah. but it's to the point right now where no, you, you, you cannot, if you say that something is wrong, uh, not only will I not do business with you, I'm going to try to prevent everybody else from doing business with you. We'll arrange a boycott or, or whatever. And so right. that's how bad it's gotten these days. It's crazy. Right. And I remember, you know, reading about in, in history classes and even just as an adult, like hearing uh, historical events cited, you know, after World War II or, or before World War II, I can't remember, somewhere in the 30s and 40s, you know, the Nazis like literally marched in New York City. And I think right. they held a rally like at Madison Square Garden or something like that yeah. in the 30s or 40s. And, you know, obviously people of the Jewish persuasion were not a fan <laughs> of that, but they also said like, hey, uh, this is this is the country we have. Like we right. we have the uh, ability to say what we think, even if it really makes people upset or angry. And uh, the benefit is those horrible ideas are better to be exposed and uh, and and you know tossed out as they're as they're accurately figured out to be dopey ideas and things Absolutely. like that. Um, and and then to to we're in. But also, I got to imagine, I, I mean, I wasn't alive in the 30s in in Mississippi, for example. I got to imagine, though, if you were a white business owner who allowed black people in your establishment, if that was sure. not in vogue, I imagine people would be canceled for that. I, 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 yeah. I got to figure if you were somebody, I mean, for, forget the militaristic part or the, you know, people who were like hauled away and put in the, in, you know, prisons or whatever for helping Jewish people in Nazi Germany and in Europe through, through that whole thing. Um, but even before that kind of the, the government was like locking people up for that. I imagine there was times where if you were seen to be somebody who was sympathetic to the Jewish position or whatever, I, your business would be ruined. I, so it's not a stretch in that it's unfathomable that these things happen. Of course, these things happen, right? It's a stretch for me that, <clears throat> I guess I just I imagine we were more involved in this, and it's a it's a fantastic lesson for me that as much as we think we evolved, we're we're the same cave creatures we were oh, eight thousand years ago or whatever. Well, yeah, I mean that's you you would like to think that as time goes on, as our technology uh, evolves, and as we as we ditch you know awful things such as slavery uh, over the over the years and over the millennia that some of these other things would go away too but it appears that that people are can be just so offended and so angry that somebody else thinks differently than they do that they will uh take extreme actions and in the examples that you uh that you raised are 
are good examples. It's not just now that that's happened. Uh, certainly back in the, the, you know, 40s, uh, uh, 30s, 50s, uh, interracial marriage was uh, a big taboo. Oh, right. And, 100%. you know, it was, you know, until, until, probably the sixties that was, and, and even after that is, is big taboo. And so people would be potentially canceled for that. Now um, that isn't the case anymore, but boy, the, the list of things that a person can be canceled for today has expanded quite dramatically. Uh, in fact, there was, there's some recent surveys that say of all the things that people uh, don't want their kids doing it's marrying somebody of a different ideological perspective. You know, it right. used to be like, well, Catholics and Protestants, they shouldn't marry or, you know, interracial marriage or, or you know, all these different things that would prevent people from being married. Uh, and there's still, you know, there's still some of that angst, I suppose. Uh, but today, the number one thing is uh, ideology. And it's, yeah. it's, it's kind of, it's kind of a, a strange and, thing that we're at that point. Swings- it swings both ways. Like it's not just, you know, again, right now in this current moment, we tend to think of things in left and right, you know, left sure. is more progressive, right is more conservative. I don't, I don't think that um, there's a, I'm sure there's some difference. I don't think there's a massive difference, like a two to one difference on people who are progressive, who would not want their son-in-law to be conservative or conservatives who would not want their daughter-in-law to be progressive. Right. I, I'm going to guess that's fairly evenly match i i i would tend to believe that um hardcore progressives would be a little less tolerant of that but i don't think it's a dramatic difference what do you think you think it's that big a difference no i don't think it is either i think it's i think when you get to the edges that's where you know the yeah the edges on the right the edges on the left uh you know that's where it gets really um uh hardcore i think i think if you're at center right center left uh you know you're you're closer to the middle of the bell curve if you will in terms of belief systems yeah. uh i th- i think that your your average somewhat liberal uh parent wouldn't be freaked out by marrying your child off to a somewhat uh conservative or, or vice versa i yeah, think there's I, a lot of tolerance in in the middle spaces i think the real intolerance is over here like you know you're you're going to you're going to date uh somebody who wears a red hat who's a maga republican oh my gosh yeah. you know they're extreme they're going to have the maga come on dave get it right yeah that's right extreme maga, maga republican yeah, I mean, come on i mean they're going to have I, I, I children next. the center 50% are probably like we can work it out. The not right. center 50%, you know, would, would just be losing their minds. I got to figure. Right. And, and so there's kind of, there's two elements here. It's, it's that it's kind of come around again. And, and maybe, maybe, maybe that's not the right way to say it. Maybe it's, it's always there for some, I mean, and maybe I'm not thinking through that's probably the case. Like there's probably always an element of people who are, you can't marry Becky for the wrong side of the tracks. Right. Um, Conversely, you know, people who are minorities who grew up and they, you can't, you will not be married to a white man because right. that's, you know, I, okay. So now I kind of think it through this probably always there yeah. for some, I think the, 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 the percentage of people who, who are in that camp has grown exponentially. Yeah. And also, as you mentioned earlier, the offenses that can get you uh, in trouble with somebody has just like off the ch- that just off the charts. Like the the things right. that you can seemingly innocuous things you can say or do now 
uh, or, or before now are just like, you know, they're hanging offenses. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, if you take a look at, I mean, some of the questions that are you, you can't answer in, in polite company, uh, such uh, crazy ideas of what is a woman? Oh, right. Well, <laughs> right. Like, well right. I'm not a biologist. I, I I'm not a biologist. I'm not yeah. a biologist. I can't I, answer that I, question. Honestly, I hope that that goes down in history as a, a, a moment in which everyone can recognize in Kenny G's time, you know, 80 years from now or 60 years from now, a moment where we jumped a shark. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. It's to- totally. I, if, if that doesn't come to be like we're in, we're in real trouble. <laughs> well, and, and so there, there's those things. And then there is the, another extreme example of that is people liking or or it goes to my example earlier, people liking a post or maybe resharing a post on social media that somebody of a, a different persuasion has shared. There's There's been a number of examples where people have have said, hey, well, maybe we could just get along with uh, these folks on the other side. I've listened to them and they're not too crazy. And then having to come back later, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to offend you. I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. Yeah. All of that. There's been people whose careers have been canceled over just such yeah. innocuous statements as, hey, I met him. He's not a bad guy. Uh, so and that's about terrible. People's careers being canceled. We're talking about people, obscure people with regular, you know, nine to five jobs that, that don't have a following or don't have a big presence, but they make, they make somebody in the office mad or whatever. And yeah. that gets taken to HR and this obscure person who has, you know, seven close friends in life, they lose their job up to professional athletes, entertainers, people who have tremendous followings, uh, you know, not just um, social media, but just like people who have a lot of fans, like, you know, famous actors and and, and yeah. musicians and athletes who have, uh, they, so it's not, it's not a group that this happens to. It's across the board. It's, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. And in fact, and, and the attempt essentially to control how people think is, in in my estimation, it's it's sort of it's totalitarianism. It's right, uh, you know, yeah. just just like the example of the of the Nazis marching in the ACLU, saying, "Well, we we think you're horrible people, but you know, uh, a right is yeah. a right, and you have the right to you know exercise it for your horrible stuff." Uh, and, and so we're, we're at a point now where no, you don't have a right to think the way you would like to think. Uh, you don't have a right to say those things that you would like to say, or else there will be material consequences. Not just people saying, well, Dave's a lunatic, but people that are going to say, well, you know, we really ought to see if we can uh, get his bank to kick him out. And in some places, in, in right. other countries, that's happened. People saying things that have made them, quote, unquote, unbankable. I mean, that's the right. ultimate cancel culture when a bank say, no, we really don't like the way that you think. And so therefore you can take your deposits and go elsewhere. Um, yeah. And, and that's a, that's an important piece to explain to somebody who doesn't live in this era to understand it's the two or three degrees of separation from the, from the, um, the, the person who perpetrated the the thought crime or the speech crime is People who defend that person then get canceled. Right. People who defend that person then get canceled, or institutions, or companies, or whatever. It's not a. It's not an isolated. It's not only patient zero. It's right. all those who are affected, and anybody who does not denounce them. And it, I, I always go back to. I think I've mentioned this before. I always go back to the example I heard 
in the 1979 Iranian Revolution where a mother literally put the noose over her son's head right who was sentenced to die and did die by hanging for thinking the wrong thing and saying right. the wrong thing the mother helped execute her child which i mean that's the level but again if you go back to again all the all the examples we've talked about Nazi Germany and the and Malice the, China and the South. yeah um the South in, you know, the thirties and forties, the Jim Crow era that we often, you know, hear talked about. I, I'm sure that there was plenty of fathers in Mississippi in 1937 or 1943 who disowned daughters that did not appropriately shun the looks or affections or even yeah. just regular friendly conversation of people who didn't look the right way. I, it, again, it just it it feels that it's um, those people used to be looked down upon as I don't know if crazy is the right word, but certainly closed minded and just people right. you wouldn't want to hang out with. Right. And now those people are almost put on pedestals like they're the they're the uh, social and and moral leaders that we're all supposed to just shut up and follow. And that's the bizarre part for me is how these these people who've had who have this behavior that is gross. I don't know how yeah. to say it. Uh, have gone from being the outcasts to being the people who were supposed to shut up and follow. Well, and, and these are oftentimes the the people that are at the height of of social standing and education. So I think the place you find in our time, the place you find cancel culture, quote unquote, uh, expressed the most is on college campuses, where. Yeah. Uh, there is a, there is a, you know, the, it used to be that college campuses were a place for a diversity of ideas and you would right. test those ideas, name intellectual debate around those ideas, et cetera. That's, you know, uh, unity and diversity, all that. Uh, but now the, to a great extent, most of the uh, college campuses or at least the big elite ones have a particular ideology and to even question that ideology is to risk being kicked out or canceled. Um, I, right. I once asked somebody that I know that was attending a, a major uh, university, I said, what would happen if I showed up with a t-shirt that says only women can have babies? And I was told, well, you'd probably be escorted off of campus by campus security, <laughs> yeah. you know, for and such they, a and they hateful statement. you on the way down the stairs so you could face plant down the stairs. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. As opposed to, you know, and so you have to contrast that with what would be a healthy thing. If somebody doesn't agree with something, then in particular, especially on a college campus, you would say, well, Let's get together. Let's have a debate about the subject. Let's talk about it. But the, yeah. the damaging part of cancel culture, whether it's in uh, any of the totalitarian regimes that we've talked about or in the 30s with, with the racial tensions or any time in history or, or now, the damaging part of that is really that, um, that you have uh, a stifling of anti, any intellectual um, kind of, of – opportunity to grow. So ideas are not right. tested. Ideas are not challenged. Uh, wh what we say on our podcast is, hey, if we got it wrong, challenge us. You know, yeah. we, we don't have the power or the intention to cancel anybody. Uh, right. But that's what cancel culture really does is it, it stifles human intellectual pursuit. Yeah, I think, I think the thing that is 
perhaps the most bewildering to me other than the fact that we just like, we think we're all this, we're super evolved and we clearly are not. Right. That, that's the part that kind of stands out. But uh, one of the things that really stands out to me is just being like bewildering is if this, if this notion that this is the way that society is quote unquote supposed to operate was really um, held on to, we wouldn't have things like gay marriage. Right. We wouldn't have things like interracial marriage. We wouldn't have things. We wouldn't have these things that we are, I, I declaring victories. I get, I think is the right way to say right. it. Yeah. Um, even people who were dead set against something like gay marriage in 1982, now have just kind of come to grips with it. And and if we didn't allow for this debate and conversation and whatever, the people who are the most adamant we shouldn't have that now would not have gotten the benefits of the thing that they've quote unquote won over the last several decades. That's the irony. And that's the part that just is like, how is that not, how can they not see that? Like, how can they not see the people who are the most um, angry and, and want the most amount of say and controlling what people can say and do if they had gotten their way in 1980, the things that they cherish now, the victories they have would not have come to be. Yeah. And see, that's a brilliant point. So the, so it ultimately comes down to what's underneath all of it. What's underneath uh, cancel culture and what's underneath the, the modern expression of it. And that is, uh, I think, a desire for power and a desire to crush those who are different. So when we had, for instance, when we had uh, uh, much more rampant discrimination against people of color in in the past, uh, that was, I think, a, a desire to keep people in their place, keep them down. And now yeah. what we've got is the it, it's the same principle being played out in just different circumstances. So this this idea yeah. that anybody that's different than me needs to have less a voice, less say, less power, less position, less opportunity. So whatever, whichever group it happens to be. And so this is, it, it's an emotional thing. It's, it's not, it's not an intellectual pursuit because you're right. If it were an intellectual thing, if it were questioning is okay and it's never a problem to question ideas, then that would apply whether they're your ideas or somebody else's ideas. And that would apply in, in the 1980s. That would apply now equally. And so people wouldn't be object, objecting to uh, sharing ideas ideas that are different than their own, but because it's more of an emotional kind of a power kind of thing, that's where we have that. You know, I used to, I used to reject the, not, not wholly, but partially reject the idea that everything comes down to power and money. But the more you and I talk through these things and we kind of take on these individual topics, it does feel like it's the same behavior as the guy in Tuscaloosa, Alabama in 1943, who didn't want people who looked differently than, than him to have less opportunities. So he could have more, presumably they weren't worthy of it. Uh, he had a God given superiority, you know, other than changing the victims, the villains, the scapegoats and the heroes that what the characters in this story look like, it's the exact same story. The, it is. the thing that is happening in 2023 with the, college-educated, self-righteous people who've decided who gets to be the winners and looters. It's the same behavior as the guy in 1943. Just we've changed what the victims look like and what the heroes look like. And that that is the part that I, I keep coming back to. I really dismissed that when I was younger, and it's just becoming evident. Unless I'm just a, like a broken record in how I think of things, <laughs> it's becoming like evident that all these things are just the same thing with 
We're just it's the same story with different the characters look different. And, and it's a pattern of history, Brian, that's played out through for through thousands of years. It's played out through the uh, Spanish Inquisition. It played out in England in the uh, Catholic Protestant Wars. It played out in in Europe through the Catholic and Protestant Wars. Uh, it, both sides thinking we are the right ones, and therefore you deserve to be suppressed or you deserve to be tortured and killed. Um, it yeah. played out in the Roman Empire, the Roman citizens versus the non citizens of Rome. I mean, right. this this story, and I think this is one of the things that's important about understanding history and, and what we can say, you know, what can what can a couple of guys in 2023 say to somebody who's uh, in their flying car in 2090, right? Uh, they're yeah. going to be so advanced. Well, uh, look, Kenny G, you might have a flying car, but you still have the same uh, human tendencies and your society has the same human tendencies that we have in our era that was present in, in the 1800s and in 1800 BC. These things play out over and over throughout history. And this is why it's important for us to understand history because cancel culture is nothing new. Cancel culture existed in ancient Babylon. Cancel culture existed in Mesopotamia and Samaria. Throughout all of history, this has been with us. And if we don't understand it, then we'll dismiss it. Yeah. Have you have you ever, I mean, did you know, I mean, you're, you know history way better than I do. Do you know of any situations that resemble the Canadian government clamping down on like the truckers and, you know, a couple of years ago, for, you know, they, they, the truck drivers were doing the protests and they, and the government froze their bank accounts and then froze the accounts of people who contributed, if I remember right, or fro it wasn't just their accounts. They, they, they froze the money where it was collected, maybe that was it. I, I don't remember all the details, right. but the government actively financially harming people, its own citizens. Yeah. Uh, does that, does that sound familiar in other things in history or is that, is that a new wrinkle? Well, no, that's, that is, that's a, a mild version of the Spanish inquisition of, okay. you know, the, the Protestants uh, being called before the inquisitor and you're you're saying if you say the wrong thing, we're going to cut stuff off and and burn stuff off until you yeah. say the right thing. So it's it's just a a sort of technologically um, and and you know I mean at least in Canada they didn't torture people, but you know it, but, yeah, but it's, it was, it's the same it principle. The Salem witch is burning at the stake. Yeah, it's, it, it's it, was, exact same it was just, it was just money, I guess. Yeah, it's it's the exact same principle, the exact same motivating factor that you think wrong, and because you think wrong, you need to pay a penalty for your wrong thoughts. It's it's what yeah. uh, Orwell wrote about uh, in in 1984. Uh, it's it's played the book out 1984, not the year 1984, to be clear, right? Yes, yes, the book 19, yes, exactly, the book 1984. 1984 is pretty good. That book still on the shelves in in 2070s. So. Well, I, <laughs> what, what we hope so. Long burned that one. Yeah, uh, it, so, it might be gone. The the other the other piece of this is, um, and we've touched on this again before. And I, if I sound like a broken record, please stop me. But the other piece of this that that is remarkably different than how I grew up. You know, people not getting along, that's just part of life. Right. Uh, people finding things to say to hurt other people they dislike or hate or whatever. That's that's just part of life. You learn this when you're in preschool. Like, you learn this when you play with a neighbor kid. Right. Like, there's always that one neighbor kid that hates your guts. And he's going to call you whatever name he can. If, if, you're, if you're 
if your parents weren't married when you were born, he'd call you a bastard. <laughs> like, right, he would right. use whatever ammunition he could find. Like if yeah. you're, if your mom had four fingers in one hand, he would call you that kid of a four fingered mom. Like right. whatever it was, like I'm just making stuff up, but it would, they would use whatever available means to, to try to, to say things to get, to get your goat was the, like one of right. those things. Right. And you would inevitably run home and cry to mommy. And mommy was basically say tough shit, like toughen right. up. Like this is life. Yep. Sticks and stones may break your bones. All, all we had all these cute little sayings, which basically said, "So what? Get on with life. Like, right. who cares what that person thinks? Oh, and by the way, quit being so soft. Like, if this is going to really wreck your life, then you're going to you're in for a world of hurt, kid. <laughs> right? <laughs> that is evaporated, like right. completely evaporated. And that, and that, I think for people of my generation and, and yours, and in our age, is part of the reason that this is so baffling is. That is a massive switch. Like running home to mom and mom basically saying, this is your problem because there's jerks everywhere. Get used to it. Welcome to planet Earth in life. Versus now you run home and tell mom and mom is now out to get that person fired or that per- that kid's parents fired or like what it, it's a it's a total different world now. Well, it is. And I think it stems from uh, two things. One, it stems from a belief in a utopian ideal. In other words, if we can suppress all the ideas that disagree with ours and we can use whatever right. means is necessary to suppress those ideas, then we're going to have a perfect world. The ends justify the means. So in Mao's China, yeah, kids, you're going to have to kill your folks, but it's for the greater good. We've, we're, we're taking a great leap forward, yeah. we, you know, so it, and it's also the frog boiling principle. And that is if, Thing, if if people who have their ideas suppressed just kind of blow it off, for, oh, well, they're just saying stuff, they're just saying stuff, and, and don't ever push back and say no, uh, the ability to express myself, the ability to debate is sacrosanct, it's important, and it's we're going to defend this. If that line, if that pushback doesn't ever happen, then people will ultimately think, well, I've pushed this far. I can just push it all over the edge and everybody will think and behave like me so I can feel better about myself. I can have more money. I can have more power and the world is going to be a utopia. It's an implementation of a utopian ideal, which always leads to misery. Always, always, always leads to misery. Yeah. It, it's also a shift in parents just believe, you know, it, again, looking back when I was young, parents believed. I think I'm saying this correctly. Parents believe that in order to be successful and happy in life, you had to learn how to overcome adversity. That's right. And sometimes you were going to be handed a shit sandwich and you just had to figure out how to make the best of it. Sometimes life just hands you very unpleasant circumstances. Your boss is a jerk. Your coworker is a jerk. Your wife cheats on you. Like these things are going to happen in life. Yep. And the better you are able to overcome those things through perseverance and grit and developing great friendships and a support system, people who love you and care about you and whatever, whatever it is, right. The better equipped you were to deal with those things, the better off you were, the happier you'd be, the more successful you'd be. Now it feels like that is not how it's perceived that parents, some parents look at it now and say, if you're able to extract a pound of flesh, if you're able to get retribution, if you're able to get that person fired, if you're able to, if you're able to, I, maybe this is and find find a better word if there is one. If you're able to retaliate in an appropriate way that harms them a little bit more than they harmed you, that's the victory now. Does that does that feel like it? What it is to you too? Well, yeah, I think it is, and and I think that really then 
comes from the notion of not teaching personal responsibility. Because right. if, as a society, if we don't believe in personal responsibility, then we don't have to, we don't have to take it from anybody. If somebody offends us, then they're wrong. It, it's not that I have anything that I need to think about. Uh, it's that they're wrong a hundred percent of the time. And, if if you eliminate uh, adversity and personal responsibility from a society, you're going to raise a bunch of people that are going to need, well, like what we have on college campuses, safe spaces where you can go where nobody will say anything that you disagree with and, and make right. you upset. And it also comes back to this idea that I have a right to not be offended. I have a right to have the world conform to me as as opposed to saying I need to find a way to get along and fit in in the world, even with things that I don't like. So right. when, the problem is with those things, again, that gets back to a utopian ideal. And if we if we uh, allow that to take place, first of all, it always comes crashing down and it, it never works. And at some right. period of time, people are going to say, no, 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 no. I think I really do want to define what a woman is because like there's a lot of them around and maybe I should know yeah. something about them or, yeah. uh, or, or you, you have a different idea of marriage than I do. Okay. Well, that's fine. You have your idea. I'll have my idea and I'm not going to be offended at you and you're not going to be offended at me. And okay, right. that's, that's just fine. We can all, you know, live in a world of diversity as opposed to uh, sort of gray forced conformity uh, where where my only responsibility is to conform to the what the masses believe as opposed to thinking for myself. So all of these ills and negatives come out of this sort of idea of cancel culture and and forced conformity. Yeah, and 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 when when our brains and our wits and our logic and our ability to formulate arguments to support a position have atrophied because we don't have to use those anymore and we can just go tattle to whoever has the, the most ability to require conformity. Right. It, doesn't it, doesn't it just ultimately come down to who has the biggest guns? It does. And or the most guns. I mean, is, is there any other path than just who has the most money and guns? Like, right. That's like, that. that's it. That that's, that's the end of it. That's the, that's the only thing that can come in the end. And along the way, you're going to lose all those things that are the greatest things of humanity. You're going to lose creativity. You're going to lose risk taking because nobody's willing to take a risk that somebody else might be offended yeah. at the thing they're doing. You're going to uh, to to lose. You wouldn't adventure. have Elvis for crying out loud. I mean, imagine a world with no Elvis where you couldn't shake your hips. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Where you can go on the Ed Sullivan show and just be shown from the from the waist yeah. up. Yes, exactly. Again, this is the the ironic. I mean, uh, uh, you know, uh, using somebody that I grew up, you know, Madonna in 1984 pushed the envelope on things dramatically yeah and and right or wrong fair or not fair like it or not like it doesn't matter she pushed the envelope on things and moved the needle on what is acceptable for a a rock star female entertainer like all kinds of things as far as like what kind of sexual um, innuendos are allowed and things like that and and none of that stuff would have been possible if cancel culture was in place in 1982 and that person would have been canceled. That that's the, the greatest irony of all this to me is yeah. it, arguably the people who pushed this the most, the ones who benefited the most from it, not being that in place 
when they were the ones pushing the envelope and getting the things that they want. Well, and oftentimes what happens is the is kind of that that circle comes all the way around again. In other words, uh, it wouldn't surprise me at all to see that as cancel culture fully plays out, that people who have been canceled realize, hey, there's a lot of us that have been canceled. Um, we're not going to we're not going to take this anymore. And yeah, and they begin to implement their own cancel culture uh, against those that have canceled them. So it it, right. it can it can go around camera. You found you know look at the 1920s and the 1930s. Look at prohibition. Look at at how you know you had the you you had a the 1920s with the the great roaring 20s and and all the stuff that came around and yeah. you and and then we get to the 50s and you get to conformity that would stifle the uh folks that were out the great Gatsby era partiers of of the 1920s yeah so it comes around and that's what the people that have cancel culture don't realize you bring up an interesting point with the roaring 20s and prohibition if i remember right prohibition went into effect in 1920 mm-hmm Right on the, on the dawn of the Roaring Twenties, a decade known for its decadence and and alcohol fueled, right? <laughs> Drug fueled, like for that era, like it was a wild time. People, anybody who was in vogue, anybody who was anybody was clearly drinking yep. speakeasies. So it's the it's the hypocritical part of it too, where I get to dictate how other people behave, but I will dictate, I will behave however I want. Right. And now that you mentioned the prohibition thing, that's very much part of cancel culture where people have influence of power politically or financially in industry or whatever. They set these rules out for other folks, but in most cases or many cases, they have no interest in following those same kinds of rules themselves. Those rules are for the little people. You don't understand People like me can't be restricted to those those right. those ways because I am such a, of such importance and I'm so righteous and I'm so wise and educated or whatever whatever fill in the blank uh, descriptor here that I shouldn't have to conform to those things only those dumb people should and that's what it, that's what it unravels that's when you find you know in our own day and age uh people talking about well you need to cut down on your airfare or your your air flights because yeah, yeah, you're, air you're travel, polluting yeah. the air travel because you're polluting the air and they yeah. all get together to talk about this on their private jets in a, in some faraway country <laughs> as opposed <laughs> to having a zoom oh, meeting yeah or yeah. during we had the the recent <laughs> covid you know experience that we all had where uh the leaders would tell us hey you no know, you need to do you need to stay in you need to do all this and then we have videos of all of them going out partying well it's for the little yeah. people and this is when these things unravel so they yeah. each of these cancel culture carries with it the seeds of its own destruction just like it did in prohibition uh, it you know it, it's one thing to say let's regulate something it's another thing to say that you're going to uh cancel it so ultimately that you're pushing everybody to actually do it instead so that's where some wisdom yeah. becomes becomes important I, I hadn't even made that connection i'm really glad you brought that up like uh, for people again listening that this is probably long since lost as a as a minor little story that is probably not ever going to be talked about after the year 2030 but i for me it was a number of moments like this happened. It was Lori Lightfoot, the mayor of Chicago, after we literally locked everything down and said to people, you could not go get to a salon and get your hair cut for women. Men, you could not go to a barbershop. She goes to get her hair cut. And she, when she called on it, she says, 
Well, but I'm a public figure and I take my personal hygiene very seriously. <laughs> as, if, as if other people either didn't or shouldn't take their hygiene seriously right. because they're beneath, because they don't have the status, they don't have the influence, they don't have the the role in which such a thing matters. Right. And those little, like, it's like death by a thousand cuts for people. They, they, some people never got over that. Some people accepted the fact that she's the mayor and she should be able to do whatever the hell she wants. Many folks like me, though, were saying, this this pops the balloon of your argument. Right. And there's there's a number of instances like this. The governor of California having dinner at the at the the French laundry, French laundry the high yep. end restaurant where yep. yeah, yeah, where you know it's a twelve thousand dollar dinner for eight people probably. Yep. And no masks can be seen and they're laughing and cajoling and whatever. Um the the hypocrisy part I hadn't really like thought about that well until you mentioned that. I think that's a I think that's an important part. And then again, going back to if it's going to be this kind of, we will decide what the the little people should or could have the ability to decide on their own versus what we will decide. And if they break the rule, we go tattle to our big brother or our cousin, like in the play yard. Right. It does. It does seem like it comes down to whoever has the most power in money and guns. Like it, it, it seems like that's the inevitable result. Like there's yes. no way you could, there's no way you could, you could, there's no way this could come to a conclusion without that end result it feels like exactly right and and there's also and it's also true that that's the thing that people hate the most they hate unfairness and and people you know they i think we have an innate sense when there's it's good enough for thee but not for me where there's right here's the standard that you have to behave by and 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 the standard that's not based on a principle but a standard that's based on my own choice. So, you know, it, it's one thing if you say, here's the principle we all have to behave by. It's another thing to say, no, we can talk about anything we want to. We can say anything we want to, uh, but you can't because yeah. you're not as good. People are going to rebel against that every time. And that's where cancel culture yeah. undo, undoes itself. And I think it is to a great extent undoing itself right now. Yeah, I, th- I think one of the things that we, one of the places we can see it the most now is with the the border stuff, the southern U.S. border, where the sanctuary cities in the north and the <laughs> on the coast and things like that, where you know, listen, you border states, you shouldn't just shut up. It's we need to have open borders. We need right. we need to have the whatever uh, policies that allow this kind of thing, and you just need to shut up and deal with it. And now, over the course of you know two three years now where uh, the, the the people coming across the border are in large part now finding their way to these cities that were espousing these great sanctuary city things. Now that they have to pay the consequences for those things, and now it's affecting them negatively, <laughs> they have a whole different perspective. And it's like, okay, so you look at a small town like Uvalde, Texas, which I don't know, population 30,000, let's say. I have no idea what the population is. They're dealing with many times their population in, in migrants. Right monthly, weekly, yearly, whatever it is, right? Uh, many multiples of their population they're dealing with. Certainly, okay, let's just say annually. Yeah. And then you look at a place like New York, who, which is dealing with, you know, 1.2% of their population annually. And they're screaming like it's like the world's coming to an right. end. But but back three years ago, like people dealing with, with a, a many times hard, much harder as a percentage of the population, that was no big deal because they were the moral superiors. But as soon as they have to, to deal with the concept, again, you and I talked about this a while ago, and it it seems like these things that 
we talk about always come down to a handful of things. And one of them is when you have to deal with the consequences of your own dopey ideas, right, your right. perspective changes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. When it, when it, when the chickens come home to roost, your perspective is going to change. And people so, just so the hate people the who are being Yeah, the, and the people who are being canceled for saying this thing who maybe in many cases or some cases have had to deal with the consequences of things, they're the ones speaking out. They get canceled by the the more righteous, the more upstanding, the more deserving citizens who have not had to deal with these things. You can see how that animus really builds, and how that you can see how the places like uh, uh, would you we talked about Greece and Macedonia or something like that, or uh, Greece and uh, what was it? The, ancient Mesopotamia. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, you can see how these these places over time, over over centuries, just come to absolutely hate each other. Yeah, you can. I mean, you can see how this stuff happens. Oh, yeah. yeah, and it's always the same. Either. God has bestowed upon us a, a, a superiority or you did this thing to us that, that was so egregious that whatever retaliation we do is justified yeah. and therefore we're the moral superiors again. It it keeps going back to the same things over and over and over it again. Is. It, it's the same. It's the same pattern that plays out. The Hatfields and the McCoys, I, whether you yeah. talk about in these days, the left and the right or the MAGA and the progressive or what it, you know, whatever it happens to be, it's the yeah. same thing. The North I'm right. South, it's, yeah, I'm right. You're wrong. And therefore you will conform to my ideas and I will use every societal lever that I have to make you conform to my ideas. And right. if you don't, but, but the problem is it always fails that kind. And that was yeah. one of the greatest things about this country, about the United States in, in our era, in the, in the last few hundred years has been that for the most part now, you know, Somebody's going to say, well, what about this? What about that? But for the most part, yeah, yeah. it's been more of a true melting pot than any other society in history in which people would come here and they would learn to get along despite the fact that they come from different backgrounds. They come from Europe, which has been fighting itself for uh, yep. for a time immemorial and every other place in the world yeah. that's been mad at their neighbors. Yeah, and, and, and I think that, that I agree with you 100%. And I know we're getting short on time here, but the, the the thing that I think is dismissed or not factored in is what a massive challenge it was. This melting pot idea, yes. Like in in uh, you know England, you know you have people who all look the same, same, you know uh, whatever. They still can't get along with each right. other <laughs> in Greece and whatever country you were talking about, like the neighboring country. Oh yeah, Macedonia. they all look look pretty similar. They can't get along. Right here, we brought in people from every part of the globe, right? Who have completely different value systems, look different, different religions, different customs, and said we're going to make this work. And hell yeah, it's been hard at times, and yeah. hell yeah, we've had some difficulties. But it's it's just not even factored into the conversation. What a massive undertaking that was, and what a lofty goal to make that work it was. And when we, we talk about our failures, of which there's no shortage. Oh yeah. That's not ever factored in. That pisses me off. Well, and see, that's the that's the solution to cancel culture. The solution to cancel culture is is to allow people to get together of different beliefs, of different looks, of different you know, of different everything, and and say one of the highest ideals you have is to be able to interact with one another. So the the solution, you know, so we talk about the ills of cancel culture uh, in the last forty five minutes or so. What's the solution? The solution is uh, is is 
is discussion, is openness, is communication, and is understanding that my worth is not tied up in other people uh, saying, yeah, Dave, you're right about everything, but your worth is two people can get together who have different systems of thinking and communications and discuss things together and compare ideas and they'll both grow. If we could get to that point, that takes some courage. That takes yeah. some um, some resolution to say, I'm not going to dislike Brian because he's got facial hair and I don't, you know. But right. So if, if we can think in those terms, then we can solve cancel culture. We can get past it. And, and solve isn't the right thing. Because cancel culture is a cancer. It is a It eats at the yeah. soul of the country, and it is eating at the soul of this one in this day. And it will in Kenny G's time in, in the future yeah. as well. It, it will continue to sure. come up. And every time it comes up, we have to say, no, we're going to get together. We're going to talk. We're going to communicate. And we're going to respect each other because we deserve respect, not because you agree with me. Right. Yeah, I, I agree with that 100%. I also think that uh, you know, one of the things we're going to be talking about is the cyclical, cyclical nature of these things. And I think that one of the reasons these things keep coming around every several decades, like a, like a, a metronome, is because we don't ever have discussions about what success looks like. Right. And, and right. it's forced upon us. A, a collective agreement upon what success looks like is forced upon us through cataclysm and right. That's really right. horrific things. Where if we just had a conversation about what does success look like right. as it relates to whatever, and then having those open conversations you're talking about, man, our life would be easier. Yep. Um, well, and, and we forget. And if there was any- we, we forget. See, and this is why – and this sort of gets, gets to our future discussion of the cyclical nature of things. And, and I think one of the reasons you and I do this podcast is because we forget what previous generations have learned. Previous generations have learned some of the things that we're talking about now, but yeah. we have to relearn them. Every generation has got to relearn them again. If we could only learn from history, learn the lessons of history when this yeah. has happened before, then perhaps we can lessen the negative impact next time around and hopefully kenny g you're listening and you're doing that right now yeah well that just sounds like an uneducated guy who does not really understand or appreciate how smart this new generation is right if you would just figure, understand dave that these guys are way smarter than all these previous generations <laughs> that's right then their lives would be a lot easier right? yes exactly <laughs> <laughs> all right well uh again <laughs> we're hoping you let us know where we got it right and where you think we totally missed the point when we say that we mean are we explaining to Kenny G, the guy who's or, or the gal who's alive in 60 years from now, what this moment feels like? We don't expect you're going to agree with us on every single point we bring up. Right. That, that would be ludicrous for us to have that belief. We're, we want to have help, though, explaining what this moment feels like. So if you want to do that, go to unsilentpodcast.com or find us on our Rumble channel and you can comment on the video there when it comes out for sure as well. So until next time, this is Dave and Brian signing off. I don't know. See you next week. Do you want to be on silent? Make your voice heard on our social media channels and share where you think we got it right or wrong. Go to unsilentpodcast.com for social links so you can join the discussion. <laughs>